and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben Clark is back on the pod to review the weekend's racing. The women only raced Super G and Rosa Couture after the downhill was cancelled due to the weather, and then we moved to the men's racing from a warm Garmisch part in Kirchen. Then we preview this coming weekend. For the women, they take over the track from the men in Garmisch for downhill and Super G, and the men head to Chamonix for slalom and parallel GS. Uh, ben, long time no see, welcome back. Uh, feels like it's been uh, about 10 races since we last chatted. <laughs> I think it nearly has actually, <laughs> to be fair. It's been uh, a very, very busy schedule, as we know. But this weekend, it's pretty leisurely. Only three races we've had to look through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And starting off with the, the women's race over in, in Rose Couture, I was hoping to get a bit more racing out. But obviously, as you said, the conditions uh, really uh, played a part in that one. The, the Super G that did take place looked pretty tough conditions, very flat, light. It looked quite soft snow as well. It looked quite warm across a lot a lot of parts of Europe. Um, and once again, Schifrin's team picking which races she does and doesn't go to get a real break with no one really being able to make up much time on or much much points on her in the in the overall. Yeah, they uh, they had to cancel the downhill. The weather actually was beautiful, but the, so much snow had come in overnight, and, and therefore. The, obviously the fresh snow was soft but that obviously then stopped the ice underneath from freezing and it was just too soft so they, they felt that it wasn't safe to run the downhill uh, I think that's probably the right call Super G yes still looks soft they managed to clear the soft snow off the top um, but it was uh, yeah it was a tough race it was an interesting set it was pretty swingy you know with the conditions as well made it a real sort of skill test for the ladies but you're right Schifrin decided to uh, to not go to that race with one of the ones that her, her and her team decided to not go to it's a long way to go to Russia for two speed races um, and uh, and turns out the pick was warranted you know only missing one race but the women seem to be tripping over each other at the moment nobody seems to really be putting their hand up apart from Brunoni really putting some consistency together starting to look uh, as the sort of next challenger for the overhaul, but uh, Schifrin has got such a huge lead in the overall. I don't think she's going to uh, to be uh, clawed back. Um, but really sad news coming out of the Schifrin camp. Her father, Jeff, Jeff Schifrin, actually passed away on Sunday, the second of Feb. So uh, thoughts go out to Schifrin and and the rest of her family. Um, w- I have no idea what she's going through, and uh, and I think she's decided to take a little bit of time away from racing, uh, and I don't blame her whatsoever. No, uh, uh, you've got to just put your family first. Yeah. Um, you know, we've said enough times skiing is a dangerous sport, and if you're not focused, that's when you can really get injured. Um, so yeah, shift and take all the time you need uh, to to get right and and you know be with your family. Yeah, she put out a beautiful tweet, really nicely written by her and her team, just to say that um, exactly that life short, you know, tell those that tell those that are important to you that they are, and uh, and um, life's bigger than than uh, than just sticking on a set of skis. Uh, so we will uh, we wish her well, but um, yeah, but it was an awesome weekend of racing. Brian only took top spot. Uh, Sophia Goggia ending up in second place, and Johanna Halen coming in in third. Uh, nice weekend again for the Italians, seeming the uh, the new powerhouse in female skiing. Yeah, they look, they're looking great. I've te- texted you a couple of times uh, in the last uh, week or so when uh, you and Luke were recording to say, you know, the uh, Italian women are, are looking dynamite this mm. year. They just seem to be 
in and around every podium. Obviously, Schifrin is still the dominant force in women's racing, but that Italian squad as a whole seems yeah. to really be really be getting into the mix. So, uh, yeah, Brinoni is the leader of that pack at the moment. She's she's now leading in, in two disciplines. She's leading in Super G uh, and GS, yeah. GS overall uh, for the for the Globes, which is which is really impressive. And, and like you said, she's the only person putting any kind of pressure on uh, Schifrin in the overall, even though it's you know two hundred plus points yeah. uh, in in the distance. But great to see them working well. Good to see a bit more from Godje. We've really not seen much from her this year in in either of the speed events, and we were expecting her to really come all guns blazing after a bit more of a. a, a, a stronger summer of training and, yeah, and being healthy yeah because obviously last year she missed the opening part didn't she with an injury um and again seemingly another injury hit season she picked up a knock back in uh bansko in one of the downhills and it's supposedly racing with a bit of a sore knee i believe um so you know doing well to only lose a cup come in second by a couple of tenths from brianoni but um it's uh, it's not really surprising that sh- that um that Godja's struggling a little bit, only because I don't remember that many races for the women that have been, apart from Bansko, that have been like really rough and tough. And I think that's where Godja comes to the fore because she's just a little bit looser, a little bit sort of. Uh, try, I'm trying to put this in a nice way without saying that she's she no, she she's reckless. <laughs> a little bit reckless. That's but that's not the case. But she's one that will go at it regardless of conditions, and she'll put it all on the line no matter what what's going on underneath her feet which obviously she came a cropper and Bansko so maybe that's not necessarily the tactic that, that it, it comes off the best but I think that the course the snow conditions and the courses that the tracks that the ladies have skied so far haven't really played into her uh, fortos just yet. What was also good to see as well was uh, both uh, Lara Gutbarami and yes. Anna Weith both you know, Finding in, some in, form, in, finally. in the mix a little bit, they're both. I think they're a hundredth apart, but just just inside seven tenths off the off the lead. They they've both been, you know, in the teens a lot of this year, which has been. Yeah, Gutbarami picked up that podium, didn't she? That last in last one in Bansko in the Super G. So she's coming off like all of a sudden, having talked about her. Where is the Goot of old? Where's she gone? You know, the only person that used to push Von back in the day and sort of then disappeared a little bit for a few seasons, then stuck her head out of the parapet and took a uh, took a bronze medal uh, last weekend. And then you're yeah, backing it up less, well, actually less than a second off in sixth place. Pretty decent. And Anna Veith actually looked really good. I think she was two thirds of the way down, very much in touch, uh, and then just fell away a little bit at the final split. So I think um, uh, 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 encouraging signs from both those more experienced ladies on the piste. Yeah, definitely. And again, we, we've talked about Corinne Suter having a really good season. She backed up again with, with another fourth place. She's mm-hmm. doing well in, in, in both standings for the speed disciplines. And uh, obviously she might not have been too uh, pleased with her teammate uh, taking taking the final spot on the podium in front of her. But um, <laughs> shoot, shoot, and, you know, three Swiss in the top in the top 10 as well. You know, there's there's a couple of good squads working together at the moment like we talked about with the Italians yeah pushing you know grouping together and pushing through so yeah interesting skiing and I think the at the moment like I said I think that the lady side is absolutely wide open in in speed disciplines you know Schifrin when she's there obviously doing very well 
has picked up wins. Um, but it, uh, you know, even then, it's not a given when she sticks on a set of Super G or a set of downhill skis, or even though the, the team pick those performances and pick the piece well. So I think uh, all in all, quite an interesting setup for the ladies. Um, and then shall we go and take a look over the men in Garmisch? It was um, a very warm... I was. Uh, we talked. They talked about it in commentary being uncharacteristically warm. Uh, actually, I don't think it's been uncharacteristically warm. It's but you know we've had a topsy turvy last couple of seasons. We've had warm weeks, warm months. Garmisch isn't the highest, uh, and the thankfully for Garmisch is the fact that the vast majority of it is in the shade, which meant that when the sun did come out at six degrees, it didn't actually burn through the snow and leave us with a proper mud bath. But unfortunately, I have to say unfortunately, that um, they didn't actually use the what has become the men's side of the of the Garmisch track, the world championship side, which actually goes around skiers left of, uh, sorry, skiers right of the track in Garmisch. They actually skied down the old side, which actually is now the ladies' side. So normally there's enough snow and they run both, but because of the lack of snow, they went, you know what, we're going to put all our eggs in one basket. We're going to stick the men down the same side as the ladies this time so that when we run back-to-back Garmisch weekends, we've actually got a chance of having some snow. But it was super warm down there and therefore speeds were low. Definitely wasn't as gnarly as we'd expected, um, but it was good tight racing. It was. I mean, we've talked about the, the close racing all, all year and the top 20 were covered by 1.01 of a second, <laughs> which at times with, with speed, you, you can have someone kind of blow the field apart. But it was absolutely ridiculous how close people were going. Um, Thomas Dressen going from number one to number one and making it really boring for everyone else coming down afterwards. I think he was the first German winner in something like 28 years at Garmisch Partenkirchen. So actually, I was really pleased to see him take the top step, even though my pick was Kilder, who was in second. Um, but I was very happy to see Dressen do it. He's had some, still having, even though he's picking up podiums, still in World Cup, he's having some severe issues with his knee. Um and swells up, hits a you know balloon-sized knee swelling post races, and actually I was wondering whether they might decide after Garmisch that you know, discretion's a better part of valor, and let's take the rest of the year off and get this knee right. But if he's able to win with a bad knee, he's only got a few more downhills left of the season, um, and what do we got? We've got. Uh, Kvitfell coming up. That's not exactly hard on the body. I'm trying. I'm struggling to think what else is left on the downhill side. We've got. Men in Cortina, maybe. Um, and so all of a sudden, Dressen's looking like he may be able to limp his way through this season. What I was surprised to see is uh, Johan Clare finding some really nice form in third place. He's been skiing super well in training. He's been absolutely on fire as well. Uh, and I'm pleased that the uh, the elder statesman of the World Cup Tour is, is picking up podium still. I mean, 39, it's incredible. He was only a hundredth off Kilda as well, so he could have, could, have, could have had a silver. Um, yeah, he's been putting in some great performances. Um, slightly disappointed that we didn't get to see uh, Matthias Meyer to see if he could back up on his on his win uh, from Kitzbühel. Um, I think you mentioned he was he was unwell or, or had yeah, the flu or yeah, something. Yeah, he was not well. <clears throat> um, yes, so I was right. There is... Uh, Cortina, thank you, the internet. Um, Cortina is left for the World Champs test event. So there's another, da- that's the downhill, Kvitfell and um, Salvach Hinterglem, 
which is which we'll talk cut on to properly later, but uh, in pods coming up. But that's the one that the has been replaced by the Chinese uh, downhills and the speed events that we're missing. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, a real shame that Matthias Meyer couldn't back up that thing. He was definitely you know he's on some form, and it's almost like with that he kind of looks like it's a bit of a white flag to uh, be at Foyts for the overall title. No Dominic Paris, then you've got. Yeah, uh, Matthias Meyer taking the weekend off <laughs> during yeah, yeah. illness. Not obviously. Yeah, I mean, you it s- would have taken that lightly, by the way. <laughs> you s- oh, you not s- coming in. <laughs> I've got the flu. You, you say that, but Foyts must have half an eye on the big globe as well, with the tech guys tripping over each other, yeah, yeah. trying to take points off each other every week, with no one really going to step up and challenge Foyts for the overall in the downhill. We can really go for for wins and not worry about seconds and thirds and just try and get as many points as he can. But surprisingly... Costly. You know, sixth. Costly weekend what's, for what's, if you're looking for the overall what's, globe. What's, sixth. what's going on, Foyts? I mean, I can't remember the last time he wasn't in the top five, let alone uh, yeah. point, uh, point outside three, of it. Point three five off. Come on, Biat, you're better than that. What's I mean, that? What's that? <laughs> his 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 podium uh, stats for the last two seasons have been out of this world. So for him to be that far off, place wise rather than time wise, yeah, yeah. um, is was a bit of a shock. Um, and you would have thought that subtlety would have worked really nicely in those snow conditions. It wasn't the longest of downhills, wasn't the most taxing of downhills, and we we talked about Biat's uh, efficiency of of his energy levels and stuff. So obviously that sort of side of his ski racing wasn't able to come out he wasn't able to use those those skill sets but uh yeah i think he'll be frustrated yeah it was a bit of a ball drop in terms of uh an opportunity to really you know put some real points into in into that uh downhill globe as well as the overall globe shout out travis ganong in fifth place season's best so far just over a quarter of a second off the win that was really nice to see him back with some good form uh another american cochran seagull starting to find some real consistency. He's probably the most consistent of all the Americans on the tour so far this season. We've had um, Bryce Bennett struggle a little bit. A couple of weekends ago, skied really well. Kitzbühel banging back on form. Uh, and then yo-yos from Travis Ganong. And so uh, uh, Cochrane Seagull's really sort of sticking in a bit of a stable race. We talk about people going up and down. Your your favourite, Crazy Max. Max Franz, <laughs> crazy Max, found himself a top ten. He's been nowhere all season. He has. He looks like he's really struggling to find his form yeah. after his injury from last year. He doesn't doesn't look to have any physical issues. Obviously, like you said, with with some uh, with, with the likes of Thomas Dressen, you're not really sure what a person's going through and what happens to their joints on any given day. But he doesn't appear to be suffering any physical no. strain. It just seems to be just have have lost that little bit of. Uh, touch that he'd started to find yeah. last year. Obviously, he was always, uh, you know, it was fine to podiums, wasn't it? At one point, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Exactly, he 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 was pushing really hard, um, but he was starting to find that bit more subtlety that we talk about with the likes yeah. of uh, the likes of Foyts, and it appears that that's kind of he's just struggling to find that again. Which you can understand if you've been off for a while and you're you're, you're fighting for your place, and you've yeah. got you've got guys like Meyer and Creek Meyer. You know, picking up podiums week in, week out. There's probably a lot more pressure yeah, yeah. on him to really find the form. You know, the you know the Austrian either Relentless. press, Relentless. press or coaches yeah, are, yeah. are known to be like. There's probably a lot of a lot of push on on him to yeah, yeah. you know 
get back up with those guys and Absolutely. quickly before the next you know young guy comes through to take your spot. Yeah, I think I think you're you're exactly right, exactly right. But it was um it was a weird weekend. It was, I feel like the snow conditions really robbed us of a of a proper Garmish experience. So um. I'm sure the speed guys will be looking forward to getting back, sail back into Glen. By the way, when we get round to that, that's going to be a proper race. Uh, but uh, and also, yeah, big uh, big shout out to Peter Phil who retired after Garmish. Um, I don't know why he re- decided to retire in the middle of the season. Um, but but anyway, he's hung up his boots and he can do what he wants. <laughs> Overall downhill champ, 355 World Cup starts. The dude's a bit of a legend. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Fair amount of staying power. Um, we did a a greatest of all time discussion uh, at the ski show this year, uh, a live podcast, and some of the numbers of starts people were putting in 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 that category. I mean, I'm a, you know Benny Reich, I think was in the four hundreds. Yeah. Um. So for for Phil, who's you know predominantly a, a speed skier, yeah. to have put in uh, three hundred and fifty five starts is quite incredible. Maybe not as many podiums as you'd like only 22 and three victories in there but he was always one of those racers that you you thought might have a chance on any given day when he was in when he was in his peak yeah well he took the downhill globe didn't he um and that was the season where he was literally banging out podiums like they were hot dinners he was just bang 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 podium 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 couple you know three wins in his world cup career um and i think they may have all come in the same year Somebody, I'm sure somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but that you know that was exactly you know his thing was consistency. We've talked about it about how you know downhillers and stuff. It's about learning tracks, about experience. And the dude's 37 years old, like you say, 355 World Cup starts off a what is he did a couple of Alpine combines or combination races as they used to be. But he um you know off what are normally two a two disciplines gear that is a cracking career. Um. And on to the giant slalom. I'm not sure they were doing much skiing, more than water skiing, actually, this weekend. Again, it had a bit of rain to contend with. But the, uh, the actually, the organisers did incredibly well. They salted the hell out of it down there. And actually, we got what was a... It was a, it was a really good race. Absolutely really good race. That's a lower the start due to snow conditions. Um, a real shame, again, that we just sort of rubbed the... But having those extra few metres higher up just meant that you've actually got a little bit more in there because it's a relatively easy track from where they started. There was a few, like three or four gates on a steep, then it's really flat, big open thing. Then there's a road, then there's like three gates steep and then it's car park to the finish. So it was a really, really easy piece. Yeah, in some ways those slightly easier tracks are beneficial to the race as a whole when you've got such soft conditions because if it's really steep yeah, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. after you get past the first four you're, you're almost got no chance of getting near them no you're um, absolutely right but at the same time it is a bit of a shame when people can't ski the way they want to be able to um there was a lot of uh talk on the commentary ab- ab- about the the reactivity of the snow or lack of it where yeah. you have to put so much salt on to try and freeze yeah. it um certainly I, I believe that the austrians appear to struggle with it um their, their team doesn't appear to be putting a, a, as much in uh as... well if you look at the results you know i think you you've hit the nail on the head i mean the best of the uh austrians was way down i'm scrolling i'm still scrolling still scrolling uh, what's I, that one yeah manu fella 28th 
I think he was the only, and he was the only Austrian to qualify for the second run, um, which has got to be some sort of terrible record for the Austrians. That's uh, not I'm, one they want, is it? No, absolutely not. So I think you're you're right. Actually, that's a, that's a very good point. That thankfully it was an easy slope with these conditions because it actually meant that it wasn't such a a bib draw. It was more about skiing. Um, we had brilliant race Alexi Pantero took the win uh, Loic Mayar took second and Life Christian Nesvold Haugen taking the final step on the podium Loic Mayar was searching for his first World Cup win he was leading after the first run um, and just an error in that middle flat just bef- coming across the sort of road section before you bent round the corner down towards the finish just cost him a little bit but uh, I'm feeling a bit smug as uh, Pantero is my pick I know I go away for a week and you suddenly start working out who's yeah. good Pick Brianoni for the win. Yeah, Kilda oh, thought, missed thought, out a little bit. Thought you would, thought you thought we'd got past that one. No, no, I, 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 I forgot to mention it. I just wanted to let you know before we're keeping score about who's done what and where and when, just in case. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a brilliant weekend. Jan Kranjek absolutely carrying on with that consistent form, picking up a fifth place. Kilda. Here you go, searching for the overall, managing to ski in sixth. He looked a bit disappointed, but actually, I think. That's a big points haul. He took a, He was in front of Christofferson, who's also pushing for the overall. Who's I think still leads the overall. So it's um, it's shaping up really nicely. It is, and you mentioned Mayal was looking for his first uh, World Cup win. To be honest, I'm not too fussed that he didn't win. I'm actually quite happy for him that he's actually starting to put two runs together. I mean, making a slight mistake that cost you a win by sixteen hundreds is nothing in comparison to some of what we've seen from him before, which is absolutely setting it on fire for two out of the three sections yeah. and then either putting in a mistake that cost him a second or just yeah. crashing out. Um, the last few weeks, he's really looked like he's started to find a bit more of, of that World Cup level consistency, yeah, which yeah, he really flashed onto the scene. I think possibly uh, at the very start of last season's podcast, I was saying I was really looking forward to some of the battles he might have with yeah. the other Tet skiers because he's such a beautiful skier. But he's so young still. He's not, he's not relatively young. He's actually young. 1996. Yeah. So just you know, relatively soon, again, relatively, <laughs> out of his um, World Junior Champs. I think that was three seasons ago now. He was World Junior Champ. So, yeah, last season that he said coming onto the scene looking for some excitement. So, you know, maybe this is the start of things to come from him. He's been there or thereabouts, top tens, you know, fairly consistently. Look, he's starting in the top group, starting with a bib four. So the dude's, um, he's definitely, you know, backing up some good form, but it's about time that he started looking for podiums. Yeah, and Pantro back on top again. Do we think he's found his setup? Are we gonna, is he going to stay at the top <laughs> or is, it, is he going to yo-yo again and, and have a really bad day next week? I don't know. I think, I think in terms of, Pantero now he's under pressure in ter- for the overall. You know we are now we're only February. We're not running out of you know it's not the end of the winter yet, but uh, it's, we're coming towards the end of the winter. So he's going to have to make up some points on Christofferson, and he's going to have to start trying to find some consistency. Christofferson had a bit of yo-yo the first uh, through December, and s- since we've hit des- January, the guys banging in left, right, centre quality performance Pantero still going up and down you know, he had a couple of unlucky DNFs with a couple of straddles in slalom but those are the things that are going to cost you the big globe yeah it was good to see Tommy Ford look a little bit more like the Tommy Ford we saw at the start of the season but probably still 
a bit more needs to, to, to come from him. He'd looked a bit more confident and aggressive, certainly on the first run, um, but whether or not that's going to continue. He's so chilled out at the start. I think I actually messaged you to say... Um, it was like barely pushing out the start gate. It's just like he just rolled out of the game, just cruised his way in. And you see some of the guys, you know, when you watch Christopherson fire himself out of the gate, he must take four tenths out, must do. It's what three, four tenths out. It's watching those old Bodie Miller videos of him just rolling out of the start gate into a gentle two skates, yeah, and then but it's into different your on the big long skis. <laughs> He's like, come on, put your head down, get a bit of get a bit of fight. But uh, yeah, and then. It was so tight. Again, you know, we looked, top 10 was a second. Gino Caviezel sticking up some good performance. Stefan Lutz all of a sudden starting to find a bit of form. Uh, and what is good is we're about to talk about the parallel. And that was where he podiumed in Alta Badia earlier in the season. And all of a sudden he's skiing in the top 10 in Classic GS. Yeah, what was also really good to see as well was uh, Ted Ligeti on the second run. Yes, he, he put a huge effort in and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and was one of the people who made a big jump on yeah, the yeah. second run. Took advantage of that early start number, and and it was a it was a really good ski as well. It wasn't just like he skied cleanly early. He actually looked like he had a few less of those drifts that made him famous yeah. when you needed them on the big long um, skis. Whereas now you don't need to as much, and he seems to be struggling to to not have the drift in yeah, turns, yeah. and he yeah, looked like he really point. cut some of those out. And if he can keep that type of skiing in 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 the coming weeks, we could see him creeping up uh, a little bit higher up the leaderboard. Yeah, and um, and also Eric Reed starting to find a bit of form. He's he's been. Um, He's been skiing well from run to run, but he's starting to find a bit of form skiing himself inside the 20 again. I'm just looking forward to the day when that guy actually puts down two runs and we can really see what he's uh, what, what he's got, he's, what he's made Yeah, of. he's there. He's done some good second run charges. He's had some good kind of solid first runs, but we haven't quite seen it all come together yet. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely, there's definitely time for that to happen. He is still relatively young, so <laughs> it's not, it shouldn't be... It, it shouldn't be too long before we see it. We just hope there's no injuries that come in. Yeah. And similar to Tommy Ford, can he have that breakthrough performance that just gets people's attention and, and, and says, you know, this is this is me. Yeah. Um, and right, this coming weekend, what have we got? What have we got uh, to look forward to? So Sun Saturday sees the women racing downhill in Garmish and then Super G on Sunday. I'm just praying. Actually, the forecast is saying it's going to be colder, so... It should be a little bit more like the Garmish of old. Um, we've seen the track, saw it last weekend, so we know exactly what's going to happen down there. If we get some more solid conditions, we might see some real speed hopefully, from the ladies. Hopefully they haven't run out of salt from this weekend. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Um, what, who, you think's gonna, who, who do you think's got it in the bag for the ladies in the downhill? So, considering I said we've not seen much from her this year and she's not been particularly consistent, I thought I'd just ignore everything I ignore. said earlier okay, and good. go and go for Gorgia. Okay. Um, I mean, she she got a podium. She's she might be coming back into some form. Yeah, it's another know. week. You know, it's another week from a knee injury. Uh, Garmish, if it's harder, is going to be a different kettle of fish, and it's going to take somebody that's going to take it by the scruff of the neck and and uh, do the business. Go for it. Super G. Uh, I put down Suter. She's having. She's up there in both speed globes at the moment. Um, I didn't 
didn't quite have the guts to go for for Brignone in the in the speed. Um, I picked her for quite a few of the GSs this year, um, as Tess has been out. So um, <laughs> yeah, I feel Suter just seems to be there every week at the moment. So so I went with Karine Suter. Um, so I am going to make it very easy. I'm going to go double victory for Brignone, downhill and Super G. And if she does. Will I, will I let you know? Yeah, of course I will. You will yeah, you'll you'll let me know. If she if she takes both of those maximum points, that would then put her to within fifty points of Schiffer in, in the overall. Does so it? Close to, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I haven't done exact maths, but when I was browsing earlier at the overall standings, it was it was maybe two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty points in it, something like that at the moment. So if she gets a double win that really puts it right open because she's leading in GF, she's com- leading in Super G, and if she can compete and win in downhill as well, you know. I mean, I think her confidence is going to be sky high, absolutely sky high. She's going to be trying stuff and having the confidence to do things that she's, you know, may not have had before. And, and I feel like for her, uh, as we've seen her growth throughout certainly this season back end of last season through this season she's now becoming the one to watch in multiple disciplines yeah obviously all eyes are still on Schifrin and and Vlahova to a certain extent in giant slalom but actually really now you're thinking Brunoni and I think actually she's certainly got the skill set in super g She's, as we've seen multiple times, she obviously leads the thing, leads the globe. So of course she's got the skills for that. Uh, but I just feel like the downhill, she's confidence sky high. So I think she's going to do the business. I don't expect to see Schiffer in there this weekend. And also Brunoni, she's she's really quite an efficient skier as well. So competing across multiple disciplines, she she's not like Godry. She's not. She doesn't look like she's putting her body through anywhere near as much strain when she's racing obviously it's energy draining to compete across that many disciplines yeah but in terms of the 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 physical abuse that her body takes she's actually quite a a smooth in all disciplines so it doesn't look like she's bouncing around as much Uh, obviously if the hill's bouncy then you know you're gonna you're gonna bounce along as well but she's gonna have good start numbers though isn't she she's gonna be able to to get down on a relatively clean track so I think that she's probably you're right yeah in terms of the the season as a whole as if she could stay injury free she's still like you know still there or thereabouts for her so it's, it's definitely not all over um and the men Benjamin the men are in Chamonix for a slalom and a parallel giant slalom yes the parallel is back I'm really bummed that this isn't a parallel uh slalom I thought as I was corrected by Jan, um, the old teammate of mine, um, when I was talking to him earlier on in the season, I was like, "Oh, there's shame. There's no parallels. At least there's you know one parallel GS, one parallel slalom in Chamonix." He's like, uh, "Don't you work in this <laughs> in World Cup skiing? <laughs> no, it's a parallel GS." Uh, so yeah, got to get my head around the fact that it's a GS. But um, I, I do love the parallels. I do like the head-to-heads. It's a different type of racing. It is, and I like that they're taking them a bit more seriously. It's not just on a scaffold in the middle of a town. It's on a race piece. Yeah. Um, they're having qualifying for it, not just 
top 30 seeds yeah. or 32 seeds and you come. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good that they're taking it a bit more seriously, Fizz. If, the, if they want it to count towards things, um, then you need to give everyone a chance to compete in yeah. it. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm ha- happy they're doing doing it that way. But first of all, the slalom. I don't have any very many good memories of slaloms in Chamonix. Um, it's going to be, again, hopefully, and it does look like this warm weather is coming to an end across the Alps. So hopefully we're going to get some good cold weather, which means that it, it should hold up. And I'm sure we're going to see some crazy gaps to get inside the 30, as we've seen all season long. Um, and I'm going to let you pick first for the slalom. I'm going with Schwartz. Um, well, he I wanted to go with Schwartz. You... Tough. You let me go first, so I win. Um, only if he wins, of course. Yeah. Um, but I think after the... Uh, can you call it a collapse in the night slalom? Mm. Just the, the... A little bit. A little. I think it... Uh... I think it was meant. I think it was mental rather than you know tactical or equipment or anything like that. I think it was just a bit of a mind melt. Unfortunately, so, pressure was well on in there, and he didn't. And he buckled a little bit, unfortunately. So let's yeah. So I think this will be a a, a comeback for him. Who has some things he'll want to put right, and it's not like he hasn't won on the big stage before. He knows how to do it. I think as we talked about in other podcasts, it's just one of those things without Hersher there taking the media pressure it's all on them so previously he probably would have had to do one or two interviews between the first and second run and on a front and center nighttime slalom in austria he probably would have had to do about 100 interviews between the first and second run quite uncomfortable after that second run as well uh so you're going to go schwarz which pushes me it pushes me into it sounds like a bit of a a bit of a, a safe bet, but I'm gonna go go Clement Noel home home victory for the French. I mean, there are so many people you can pick in slalom now where yeah. it just makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, you could say you and we'd say stop picking the favourites. Yeah. You could say Christofferson, I'd say stop picking the favourites. Yeah. You, you could say Pantheran, I'd say stop picking the favourites. Yeah. Like all of these guys could win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at any at, at any given night. So. It's pretty exciting now that we just don't know on any given week. But, I mean, Noel's been skiing incredibly um, through January. We talked about how busy it is, and he seems to have absolutely loved every minute of it. Him and Yule, the pair of them, have just had a brilliant January. I wonder if it's going to be um, how Clement Noel's going to handle the pressure. I mean, obviously... We talked about Schwarz and that second run leading at the top of the second run, Night Slalom, Schlapp being the biggest slalom race there is. So you can kind of see how the pressure eked into him. It's not like he'd been consistent all season long either. So maybe that added pressure just unsettled him a bit. And I think Clement Noel, how's he going to handle the pressure in Chamonix? He's handled the pressure incredibly well last year when he did Veng and Kitzbühel, Schladming, Bosch, Bosch, Bosch. Um, and then... Uh, we'll, we'll see. He's had a couple of. Um, he's either on the podium or bust, pretty much, apart from Schladming, where he dominated second run. He was incredibly lucky to get that second run. But it'll be interesting to see how he uh, steps up in front of the home crowd. He looks like he doesn't know what pressure is. No, he's very relaxed. Someone, so he looks so Just chill. A bit, he's um, a bit too cool, isn't he? No, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, Dave. Yes. Riding. So. What are was... your takes on Dave? Hopefully. Schladming was the kicking to gear that 
he wanted or, or needed to really almost kick kickstart his season. Well, um, yeah, it's a bit. It's, it's a tough one. It's it's a bit late for a kickstart, but I think he what he's actually ended up doing is going back to a setup that he had um, during last season, and it's and I spoke to him. Uh, over the last couple of days, when he's been at home before they've gone back out to get ready for for Chamonix, um, and he was he was really excited. He was really positive. He was again very open. The fact that it's been a really difficult January for him, um, but he said he felt a thousand times better on that plane home than he's felt for a long, long time. He was a bit disappointed in his final section, which uh, I, he sees as does his coaches again, who I've spoken to since. Um, feel like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity considering he was up at the final split on Clement Noel who ended up being what was he fourth um, so there's a real opportunity if Dave could have just kept that tempo through to the finish but I don't blame him he's had a really rough January and I feel like he'd obviously known that he skied really well on that second run he knew that he was putting in a, a good run and I don't blame him for taking his foot off the gas just a little bit to get that one over the line and get it over the line in eighth place yeah it's not too bad yeah, I was, I've I've caught up with it since, um, and watched all of the the highlights and replays. Unfortunately, I couldn't watch the race at the time. I was doing a prize giving and then a, a dinner afterwards, and oh, got told you. off for being fancy pants. <laughs> got told off for being rude at the table and checking my phone. So I said, "What's the football score?" I was like, "It's not football. It's skiing, and it's Dave. So I don't care." Um, so <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> so I'll be with you in a minute, just shouting at my phone while Dave's on the way down. Um, but hopefully he's that that setup change has got him more confident yeah. so he can go back to that attack he talked about with you before the start of the season and yeah. we saw firsthand in levy if we can get that attack uh, back in his skin the confidence boost of of Schladming will be will be incredible uh, and you know if he just gets in there in that first run so he, he kind of keeps that confidence going yeah, yeah it hopefully we'll see some great stuff from him uh, we should we will see Laurie Taylor in action. Um, it's almost a home race for him as he skied at the British Ski Academy, which used to be based just down the road in Lazouche. Uh, so he'll very he'll feel very much at home there, and hopefully um, we will see another first run like he did in um, in Kitzbühel and finds himself in with a shout for a second run. Uh, it didn't quite go the right way for him in uh, Schlagming, but once you've done it once, you know you can do it again. Yeah, it's almost better that he's got that first second run out of the way yeah. before his home race now he knows he can do it yeah so if he's as relaxed as we hope he will be being in what like you said what could be feeling like a home race for yeah. him then you know he could give you that extra yeah. couple of percent Absolutely. or bits of energy to really throw into it so yeah I, I was really excited um seeing seeing Laurie skiing from from uh, Schladming so want to see a lot more of that from him uh, um, that takes us over onto the Parallel GS which runs on Sunday um, like I say it's a, I, I love the setup. I think it's a brilliant event uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to seeing it again they have a qualification uh, before the, the sort of finals part that we get to see on the telly in the, it, beforehand so it, I'm hoping that Raposo gets through we'll see if he manages to make it um, I spoke to him briefly just now and he's saying that he's pretty pumped and he's ready for it. Uh, he's always an excitable fellow. So uh, he, he's always ready for it. He's always up for it. 
And so hopefully this is going to be his chance for a second run because you don't want to get left out of the party. Laurie's got a second run. Uh, we've seen uh, Charlie Guest pick up points, Alex Tilly pick up points, and now we're just waiting for little Charlie Raposo to come and uh, uh, and join the uh, British ski team party with picking up some points. A friend of, friend of the podcast, Charlie Raposo. Well, maybe not now after we've called him <laughs> little Charlie. <laughs> no, we, I've seen some good skiing from Charlie this year. and I'm quite, do I want to say quietly confident? I've got a feeling this is this is it. Don't let me down, Charlie. I'll put this, I'll put this on the podcast now. I'm quietly confident for him this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I th- again, it's one of those formats where we're talking ridiculously fine margins. So you've got to just go all out charge. And and, you, and all of these guys are pretty much as good as each other. When you talk about difference in skill level between the between these races, whether it's male or female, they're they're separated by less than 1% in terms of skiing skill. So it on the day, you go, you turn up, you race hard, and you you surely got a shot. Um, on that note, Ben, who are you going to choose? You let me go first. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to go with Pantero. Alexis. Uh, yeah, I've got a, you know, French boy, uh, you know, from... Dub, so you think you're French, another Frenchman? I'm going to go French in the slalom, you're going to go French in GS, so... Yeah. Fair enough. The yeah, I mean, he's definitely got a shout. I'm gonna go with um, a Norwegian. Okay. Anyone in particular? Or just well, I've, can generic I, can Norwegian. I just go for <laughs> <Keep> a Norwegian. <laughs> um, I, I was I wrote down my pick of. Uh, I was writing down my pick, and I just got to Norwegian. I didn't get any further <laughs> down because, the, you know, you've got Christofferson, you've now got Bratton who was electric in the last time when we raced parallel GS, um, which bodes well for them. you got Kilda, who was also electric when it came to the parallel GS, as was Life Christian Nessel Haugen. So all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's not all of a sudden, but um, the Norwegian, they, and the last winner, Erasmus Windingstad, who's actually had a back injury, he's got some nerve damage in his back. So it's uh, unclear whether he will start, to the parallel which will be a bit of a shame considering he has won the only one on tour this year so uh, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and narrow my pick down and I'm going to go uh, take time yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be um, I'm going to go Haugen Nesville Haugen not won a World Cup before. This could be his time. I think he's he's ready. He looks confident from the weekend. He obviously did really well in in the GS uh, this weekend. The Norwegian men's team appears to be riding a bit of a bit of a crest at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I'm glad that you narrowed it down from an entire country to a person. Um, <laughs> Go me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. And any of those guys could could be in with with a chance. I mean, Christofferson, you feel like his scrappiness in that head to head environment could be quite interesting. But yes, he's not whether quite, he keep a lid on it though. Whether he can keep a lid on it is definitely a big point. But but if you look at the last time we raced the parallel, which was back in Alta Badia, um, uh, January actually, not norm. It's normally before Christmas, but um, was you had. Ra- 
load of sort of not random names, but names that you don't associate with the top the top top end of it. You've got Windingstad who took the win, Roland Leitinger of Austria who was third, Lucas Braden fifth. That was his real breakthrough. Matthias Runningren from Sweden he was in sixth, Marussier eighth, uh, Thibaut Favreau tenth, Dominic Raschner from Austria uh, relative unknown eleventh. Uh, River Radamus from the United States, he was in 14th. We had just, it just brought a whole new level. Pavel Trikachev from the Russian, you know, got those uh, those head-to-head sort of uh, mindset on and, and absolutely bossed it. So it was really wide open last time. I love the fact that it's it's wide open again. Uh, Stefan Lutz was in second and he started to score top 10 in, in Classic GS. So it really, really is... Um, going to be an absolute belter yeah I'd like to see if Radimus can qualify again because he was quite exciting to watch in those and we've heard a lot of the hype we haven't seen much of it yet he's still very young hit, yeah and he's still hit and miss you know as you'd expect with a, a raw talent of a young guy um, no no consistency but that's not a surprise it takes, it takes no, time I, to I, I really want to see like a, a bit of a spark of it I thought to be honest with you he, he I really thought we would have seen more second runs from him this year on, on the World Cup. The, the thing is, though, Ben, the, the World Cup second run in GS and slalom is ridiculous. It, it's le- It's been less than one and a half seconds. So for for you to get a second run nowadays, you you could win a World Cup. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You used to be able to ju- you know you get, get a second run and you'd maybe hope to move up into into the top 20 if you had a great second run. But nowadays, you, you're getting a second run less than a second and a half off. That's a real shot winning. Oh, definitely. And it was it was purely because he is such a talent. Yeah. Um, and his kind of reputation and results come in front of him. I, just, I was just surprised. I don't know if he's not quite had the snow conditions to his liking or just the... It's probably the pressure of being the new, you know, everything junior champ coming into this season that people might have put a little bit or too much expectation expectation on him, like maybe, myself included. Yeah, maybe um, his own expectation as well. Who knows? I I've not met the not met the guy, so uh, I can't really say if that's the case. Again, if uh, for our American listeners out there would love if if you guys know him or have seen more than more of him than we have drop us an email uh, the ski racing podcast at gmail.com let us know what you think um, and on that note let us know who your picks are for this coming weekend both men and the women you can either tweet at us um, it's actually mostly been yours and my twitter account so at Ed Drake or uh, what was yours again at Ski Beano yeah so uh, and I think we have actually got at the ski racing podcast which is quite a mouthful to get in there with your Twitter thing. So, um, yeah, let us know. Let us know where you guys think, and uh, we'll be interested to see if uh, you're on the same page as us. They can pick more winners, probably more likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we've uh, we've had a bit of a mixed bag. I think maybe better than last year, though. We did. We're doing much better this yeah, year. Yeah, I think well done us. It's because Hirsch has retired so we can pick people that might actually have a chance yeah. of winning. Yeah, actually, we did, we did ourselves a bit of a disservice last season because we weren't allowed to pick the best person in the race. <laughs> For men's or women's. <laughs> yeah, so... which, But how cool how cool is that, though? Because now, you could... You, then you pick who you like because there's not one person in any discipline that's really dominant. You say maybe Schifrin in slalom is probably the most dominant 
and even then she don't get it all her own way exactly exactly uh so I think that that probably leads us to the end of the podcast, guys. Uh, that's all we've got time for. If you like what you hear, please give us a share, tell your friends, uh, and we will see you again soon. Uh, goodbye for now. <laughs>